This podcast contains songs with lyrics, with occasional language, and adult situations that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Gregory Sinclair, a resident artist here at Soul Pepper and the Warden West Director of Audio Programs. Welcome to this week's podcast of some of the best moments from Soul Pepper's Saturday Cabaret series. This week, our host and music director for the evening is Soul Pepper Academy graduate Richard Lamb. He's presenting music from local singer-songwriters Drake, Justin Bieber, and The Weeknd, and connecting the dots between this generation of locally born and raised pop music superstars and some of their antecedents, including Alanis Morissette, Amy Winehouse, and more. All right, welcome to Soul Pepper, everybody. My name is Richard Lamb. It's really good to see you all. Hi. Uh, before we get started, I got a couple quick things to say, uh, a couple of thank yous to give. First of all, to the Slate family, who gave us an incredibly, incredibly generous donation to have live music at Soul Pepper for many, many years. We owe them a huge amount. They make this possible, so the Slate family, thank you very much. And to Richard Wernham and Julia West, who have endowed audio programming here at Soul Pepper. These microphones are, uh, are to record this show for posterity, and it will be available on the internet uh, later in the future. And that's thanks to their generosity. So to uh, Richard Wernham, Julia West, thank you so much. Um, so on August 24th, 2016, uh, Aubrey Graham put a photo on the internet. And it was a photo of himself uh, sitting on top of the largest freestanding structure in the Western Hemisphere, the CN Tower. Um, and this was no accident that Drake Aubrey Graham came to be sitting on top of this tower, because at that moment, he was in many ways, arguably, the most successful hip hop star that's ever lived. He's the fifth richest of all time. He's had three consecutive platinum albums, and he's had more number one hip hop songs than any other artist ever. And it's no accident that he was standing on top of the CN Tower either, because Drake's from Toronto. And he's not just from Toronto. In the eyes of the people who aren't from here, who don't get to see that tower every day, Drake has made Toronto. Drake has created Toronto in the world's consciousness. And he did that on purpose, and he did that deliberately. And the Toronto that he made is such a specific place. The Toronto he made is kind of a cold place, and it's kind of a lonely place. It's a place where you have a drink at three in the morning and you think about somebody that you used to like. And then you call them, and then you feel bad about calling them, and then they call you and they say something that makes you furious, so you call them back, right? For millions of people across the world, this is what they think of when they think of Toronto. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I'm serious. Is it? Yeah, but, but it's, it's an important thing because Drake, as much as he's become an ambassador, Toronto has become an ambassador for something else, too. He's become an ambassador for a, a new masculinity, a way to be a man and have feelings that are strong and not entirely pleasant all the time, to have vulnerabilities that you're not afraid to have somebody else know. Like, Drake, he wears his vulnerabilities on his sleeve, and it wasn't possible for men in hip-hop, especially in mainstream hip-hop, to do this before Drake, but now there are a bunch of them. And there are three of them who are from within 200 kilometers of this spot who are currently destroying the charts all over the world. 
And that is a weird phenomenon, and that's a phenomenon that we're here to look at today. So when I have to think about, when I think about songs that encompass this, this Toronto thing, this, this new vulnerability, this new masculinity, uh, the song I think about is one that you probably couldn't go 20 feet without hearing this fall. song about calling someone and wanting to be called by someone. It's a song about feeling abandoned. It's a song about feeling left behind. It's a song about resenting change even as you understand that you have changed. You want the people around you to stay the same. You used to call me on my cell phone. shock off the microphone there. <laughs> so, um, so there's this guy, and his name is Justin Bieber. And he's from Stratford, Ontario. And in 2007, he became the 21st century YouTube Cinderella story, like, for the age, right? They, he, his, his videos were spotted on YouTube. He got pulled into a major label record contract, and then he just started releasing albums as, like, this crazy, talented young kid. Um, and his albums were, you know, fun. They were definitely tween albums, and they were considered sort of superficial, and, and people kind of rolled their eyes when they heard about Justin Bieber. And then, in the way that tends to happen to people who are made incredibly famous, incredibly young, Justin got into a little bit of trouble, and I think his low point probably came in 2014, where, being followed by the paparazzi at every minute, he was arrested for drag racing and drunk driving in Florida and spent a night in jail. And then, in, in a, a few weeks later, he was traveling to Germany and had a his pet monkey confiscated by German customs, and then he abandoned the monkey in Germany uh, and, and doesn't know where it is, um, as well as he was caught on film peeing into a bucket at a club, like, in front of everybody. And it was widely thought that Justin Bieber had entered the Britney Spears shaved head phase of his career a little quicker than most people. But then, in 2015, the unthinkable happened. Justin Bieber, discovered his own authenticity. And he went on Ellen, and he gave a charming interview that people liked, and he did carpool karaoke, and suddenly people were like, ah, he seems like an okay guy. And he had a Comedy Central roast, and then he released an album full of fucking face-melting bangers that earned him cred all of a sudden with adult people like myself who never thought they would be listening to a Justin Bieber album. And this album, breaks a new lyrical ground for Justin. It's got uh, 
there's a search in it. There's something real that wasn't there before. When he was singing baby, 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 oh, there wasn't this piece of his soul in it, but there's something there now that didn't exist before. Anyway, this album has broken totally new ground for him, and it includes his first number one single, which sounds a little something like this, Anna Atkinson. What do you mean? Oh, oh, when you nod your head now, it's what you want to say. No, what do you mean? So uh, Abel Tesfaye had a pretty rough childhood. Uh, he was born in Toronto to Ethiopian immigrants, and his dad was out of the picture almost immediately. And he was raised by his mom and his grandma in Scarborough. Um, and he describes himself as out of shape and shy and awkward in high school. He was the kind of guy wearing the Pink Floyd t-shirt who would sit in his car listening to Genuine. And uh, he got kicked out of one school at 17, went to another school for six months, decided it wasn't for him, and then he dropped out, and he never went back. And him and his buddies moved to this uh, super hip, up-and-coming Toronto neighborhood called Parkdale, uh, where they, they lived in a house together. And it was in this house at 65 Spencer Avenue in Parkdale that Abel first recorded three songs that he put on YouTube anonymously under the name The Weeknd. And these songs immediately started getting attention in the Toronto indie circle, and because Toronto is actually not that big a place, really, Drake's people found them very quickly and put them on Drake's record label, OVO's blog, and then he started blowing up. Drake featured him really heavily on his album, Take Care, and that launched the weekend into sort of the mainstream hip-hop media's mindset. But it was only with his second album, Beauty Behind the Madness, which came out just last year, that The Weeknd became a global megastar. Drake has had one number one hit this year with One Dance. This was his first. Justin Bieber has had one. He got his first with What Do You Mean? The Weeknd has already had two. And, and he's one of 12 artists in history whose number one hit was replaced by his other number one hit. Anyway, he's a... Uh, <laughs> Now he, compared to the other guys, he has a vulnerability of his own, but it's a vulnerability of, of cruelty. It's a vulnerability of sensuality and aggressiveness, you know? The weekend is not afraid to let you know what he thinks of your body and what he wants to do to it. Um, he's the kind of guy who, who his, his struggle with substance abuse and with sensuality to me is the struggle of a person who is very sad, who is very depressed. And the only thing, the only time, the only song I can ever think of him singing, sounding happy on, uh, it was the, the song that he sang that was a big hit last year that was the theme song to Fifty Shades of Grey. Cause I love when you call unexpected Cause I hate when the moon is expected I'm a care for you, you, you Okay, so when I set out to do this, what I wanted to do was take these songs, these songs you have heard, these songs that are in the air, and I wanted to twist them in your ears a little bit. So that's what we're doing tonight. 
we're twisting these tunes so you hear them differently. And the way, what I realized as I was working on these songs was that in my mind there was a missing voice in a lot of them. And it was the voice of this woman that they're always singing to, they're always pouring their feelings out to. And I started to wonder about this woman and what she would say, you know, like in Hotline Bling, what, what, what would the woman say? What is her side of this conversation? Maybe she would say something a little bit like... You're so vain I bet you think this song is about you You're so vain I bet you think this song is about you Don't you, don't you So if she was in the 70s, maybe she would have said that, right? Or maybe if she was somewhere else, she would have said, uh... Okay. I had to think about it for a second. She would have said something more like... Oops, I did it again. I played with your heart. Got lost in the game. Oh, baby, baby, oops, you think I'm in love. I'm sent from above. I'm not that innocent. All right, so that's what we're doing tonight. We're going through the new Toronto. We're taking a tour. We're taking a tour of these tunes that have defined us for everybody else. And we're unpacking them and we're looking at them from different angles. So, uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. Thank you. Um, okay, so uh, I want to talk about Drake for a second. Drake, um, <laughs> Drake loves his friends so much, you guys. Like, he, this is something, this is a theme that he returns to over and over again to the point where, in one of his most famous tunes, he says in a way that I don't feel extremely comfortable repeating. So I'm going to paraphrase that, like, he refuses to make new friends and instead, like, only trusts his friends he has had for a long time. Um, and on his newest album, Views, he talks about this. He, like, he kind of paints this picture in this one thing of like, this girl's over at his house, and he's like, you always want to not come out in the kitchen and see 20 of my buddies hanging out, but that's not how I live, so deal with it. Um, and he's like, me and my friends love hanging out smoking weed. Um, so I started thinking about uh, other songs about hanging out with your friends and smoking weed. Um, and, and we arrived at, at this concoction you're about to hear. So, so here to sing it for us are uh, Mr. Andrew Penner and Mr. Marcel Stewart.
stand up and walk out on me Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song And I'll try not to sing out a key Projectors. I guess we'll never know what Harvard gets us. But seeing my family have it all took the place that I desire for diplomas on the wall. And really, I think I like who I'm becoming. I might do it just to do it like it's nothing. I might blow like 50K on a vacation for all my soldiers just to see the looks in all their faces. All it took was patience. I got a lot of friends to come up off the strip for me. The same ones that'll come up off the hip for me. The realest brothers say your lyrics do shit for me. I made history, I told my story. Tell him I'm gonna need reservations for 20. I never really been one for the reservations of money, nah. I'd much rather spend it all while I'm breathing. That over yo and that XO is everything you believe in. Mama's house, we argued every month. I was trying to get it on my own. Working all night, traffic on the way home. My uncle calling me like, where you at? I gave you the keys, told you bring it right back. I just think it's funny how it goes. Now I'm on the road, half a million for the show. <laughs> Boys tell stories about the man. Saying never struggled, wasn't hungry, yeah, I doubt it. I could turn your boy into a man. They ain't really shit out here that's popping off without us. We just want the credit where it's due. I'ma worry about me, give a fuck about you. Just as a reminder to myself, I wear every single chain, even when in my house, cuz.
Bear with me a moment while I unplug and replug things. It's, it's my hobby, and I don't have enough time to do it. So I'm going to do it for a second in front of you right now. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel, for laughing at that. <laughs> um, so Justin Bieber <laughs> has talked a lot about kind of realizing that because when he was a super rich 15-year-old boy, there were a lot of people around who didn't have his best interests in mind. What? And, and this was a thing he had to realize, you know? Like, and think about it. Um, I was talking today with a woman who cut my hair for the show that I'm in here. And she had been at, this, at Justin Bieber's birthday party last year because there was an opera company that she was doing hair and makeup for that uh, they like played his birthday. They did a, a set of his birthday. And she said that he kind of like sat there, like there was, she said at this party there was, um, there was a, a wild animal petting zoo. So there was like a tiger, you could, it was like at somebody's house. There was a wild animal petting zoo with like snakes and tigers. And there was, um, there was also, what was there? There was like, a, you could wait, there was the original Batmobile. Like you could sit in the Batmobile and get pictures taken. And there was free tattoos. Like you get tattooed for free. And then Justin Bieber was there. And she said he just looked sad. Like he just sat kind of sadly around. There's all these like rich, real housewives women in Toronto. Um, and he was kind of like the zoo attraction at his own birthday. And, um, and, and he talks a lot in interviews now about how this was a big awakening for him, realizing that he needed to have sort of an integrity of his own. Um, anyway, uh, oh no. Um, so, so he's written this song, Justin, that, uh, that's, that's kind of about that. It's about um, finding your integrity. And, and standing up for your integrity. And it's also like just an A-plus shady breakup song. Um, and it got me thinking a little bit about the great shady breakup songs of, of the 20th century. Um, and so no one has probably ever said this sentence before, and hopefully no one ever will again, but uh, to, to bring together Mr. Justin Bieber and Mr. Bob Dylan, uh, uh, Ben Kamenzuli and Anna Atkinson, ladies and gentlemen. For all the times that you rain on my parade And all the clubs you got in using my name You think you broke my heart, oh girl, for goodness sake You think I'm crying on my own, but I ain't And I didn't want to write a song Cause I didn't want anyone thinking I still care or don't But you still hit my phone up and maybe we'll be moving on And I think that should be something I don't want to hold back Maybe you should know that My mama don't like you And she likes everyone And I never like to admit that I was wrong I got so caught up in my job I didn't see what's going on But now I know I'm in a sleeping on my own And if you like the way you look that much Then baby you should go and look yourself And if you think that I'm still holding on To something you should go and look yourself But it ain't no use to sit and wonder why babe 
Try to make me forget where I came from And I didn't want to write a song Cause I didn't want anyone thinking I still care, I don't But you still hit my phone up And maybe I'll be moving on And I think it should be something I don't want to hold back Maybe you should know that My mama don't like you And she likes everyone and I never liked to admit that I was wrong But I got so caught up in my job Didn't see what's going on And now I know I'm better sleeping on my own Cause if you like the way you look that much Then baby you should go and love yourself And if you think that I'm still holding on Something you should go and love yourself. Bada ba ba da da. 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 So long, honey, baby. Where I'm bound. I can't tell Goodbye Still got a word, babe So I'll just say Fare thee well I ain't saying You treated me unkind You could have done better But I don't mind You just kind of wasted My precious time Don't think twice It's alright Cause if you like the way you look that much Then baby don't, don't think, think twice, it's alright And if you think that I'm still holding on to something Don't, don't think, think twice, it's alright
So the weekend. Um, I once got into a big fight with somebody about the song that's in this song. Because they were like, how can he endorse doing drugs in front of everybody? You know, how can he, how can he, how can he go on the radio where these 14-year-old kids listen to him and say that doing drugs is great and talk about how great it is? And, and, and I said, well, what, what is this if not a man grappling with serious depression in front of us all, you know? Um, like, what is this if not somebody who is unafraid in their weird way to admit that they have serious problems that they would rather not think about, you know? And it's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, we have, we have, we, we have, <laughs> this is what I always think of. I was, I was gun shy about using this analogy, but like there's these two Greek tragic playwrights, Sophocles and Euripides, and people always said Sophocles shows us as he wishes we would be, and Euripides shows us as we are. And I feel like The weekend shows us as we are, you know? And Drake shows us as we are. These are, these are their power. Is, these are ugly emotions that they're kind of getting into. There's like a, there's a, a recklessness, a deliberate recklessness, but it's kind of a recklessness that we all court sometimes, you know? Um, there's a desire for, for pain uh, in, in some of these songs. Yeah, drugs and music and depression, drugs and music and depression, but, but, but joy, but drugs and music and depression and broken relationships, like there's a, there's a pattern here, right? Like music, it, it unites the cognitive dissonance in our world. There, there's something... <laughs> Richard. It does. <laughs> um, you know, there's a... Everyone's been talking about uh, Amy Winehouse again lately because of that documentary that came out, right? And that was, it's an amazing documentary. And, and uh, The Weeknd is very close friends with Lana Del Rey, who's, who's another pop singer, and she has a lot of songs about a kind of messed up relationship. And he said, I am the man in her music and she is the woman in my music. But I think that that could be true, like not literally, but like they're singing to each other spiritually. But, um, but I, I don't know, I think when I hear Amy Winehouse, I think the same thing. I mean, they, they have such different sounds, but Amy Winehouse and The Weeknd could be singing about each other, about the drugs they do together and the, the love that they had together or didn't have. I mean, these, seems like, these seem like two halves of a very interesting conversation to me. Um, and to, to bring that conversation to life, Ben and Anna. Your man on the road, you doing promo. Used to keep our business on the low, low. I'm just trying to get you out the friend zone. Cause you look so much better than the photos. I can't find your house, send me the info. Driving through the gated residential. Found out I was coming, sent your friends home. Keep on trying to hide it, but your friends know. He left no time to regret. Kept his dick wet with his old safe bed. Me. And my head held high And my tears dry Get on without my guy You went back to what you 
Bye. 
All of this was Richard Lamb's idea. And, and all of this was his countless hours of labor. So there you go. It worked. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Kalanzuli, Anna Atkinson, Andrew Penner, Marcel Stewart, Annika Johnson, and I'm Richard Lamb. Thank you. Good night. You've been listening to the very best of this last Saturday's Soul Pepper Cabaret, the new Toronto, conceived and presented by Richard Lamb. Join us this coming Saturday at the Young Centre for the Performing Arts for the final Soul Pepper Cabaret of the season. This Saturday, the series moves to the Tank House Theatre, where Tom Allen will be presenting an ambitious brand new work based on the seminal Canadian novel, The Last Curlew. It's an evening of music, dance and dramatic performance you won't want to miss. For more information, click on Performances on the Soul Pepper main page, then Music at Soul Pepper, Saturday Cabarets for all the details. Seating is extremely limited. And don't forget that you can subscribe to our weekly podcast feed on iTunes. All the details are at soulpepper.ca. Music programming is made possible by the generous support of the Slate family, and our audio recordings are thanks to Richard Wernham and Julia West. I'm Gregory Sinclair. Thanks for listening. <laughs>